I feel like we should, <laughs> to sum up the year, I've spent my year clapping out of sync with you <laughs> as we intro the podcast. I can count next year. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing that is probably about half a year old now. Uh, this is episode 18 and I can't do math, but given that we've been every two weeks, that means that we've been double 18 weeks into this podcast. 36 weeks. 36. So it's over over half a year. Um, and this is our... Oh, uh, I'm Rick Thomas. And I'm Derek Liu. And this is our recap of the year. And you know what? I was just thinking while I did this because... Um, basically this made me watch through a load of trailers for the year and I just realised that I really love trailers <laughs> which is kind of lucky for what I do um, there was a viral tweet that went out this year that said uh, my boyfriend uh, loves watching a series of trailers instead of the movies and he calls it film tapas <laughs> that's that's very good and I'm uh, very glad that I get to do this where I get to watch lots of trailers and do a job where I also get to watch and work on lots of trailers as well uh, I don't think I had the exact same uh, epiphany, but I mean, I I also enjoy trailers. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I was I've been making some recap lists because some people are coming out with like best game trailers of 2019, and when I look at their lists, I thought, hmm, those aren't what I would have picked. So I thought I'd just make my own because. I just wanted it to exist out there and have people see the reasons that I like the trailers that I liked and hopefully see if they'll be entertained and inspired by them too, which I've already released one list of my favorite cinematic game trailers. And probably by the time this is out, actually maybe the weekend after this is out, um, I'm going to have a list of gameplay trailers that I really enjoyed from 2019. And where can people find those? Probably just go to my website at derek-lu.com or... Uh, if you're not subscribed to my newsletter, you can go to GameTrailerEditor.com or you can just follow me on Twitter and I'll post it all there. Yeah, it's weird seeing these kind of lists, especially, you know, BuzzFeed-generated ones, kind of favour bigger, more high-profile films and games and also more recent things. So I looked at BuzzFeed's list because uh, obviously we're at the end of the decade as well, so there's a lot of best trailers of the decade articles coming out and a lot of them were from this year and last year. You know, you had the Parasite trailer in there, which while a great trailer is, you know, is it one of the best of the decade um, or is it one that came out this year? Right. How did you go about choosing your favourites or how did you frame, like, your list in your head? I tried to remember things that I remembered. Doing this podcast was actually really useful because I think we definitely picked out interesting things to talk about um, on here. So I remembered a lot of the ground that we'd already covered um, my work has a Slack channel where they post kind of interesting trailers. Um, sometimes if I have enough time, I'll, I'll post on Trailer Week the list of trailers that came out that week uh, and get to watch all of them as well. So I have a kind of general idea, but it's funny how many you forget as well. Like a lot of trailers come out, you know, between 30 or 40 a, a week. And we've talked in the past about, you know, hundreds of game trailers. So it's really hard to keep tabs on all of them. And so I guess the only ones that you remember are ones that had an impact on you somehow. Yeah, I had a similar sort of thought process. I was going through the Golden Trailer Awards nominees list from 2010 to 2019. And what I ended up doing was just picking out the ones that I got reaction really enjoyed or have rewatched multiple times since they came out. 
uh, because if I did that, then it says something about what I thought of it. Do you want to dive into film trailers or game trailers that you've liked this year? I picked five game trailers from this year that uh, I want to talk about a little bit. From my total list, I have like 35 trailers, but so that would be too much for the podcast. But I just picked five that I thought were representative of just the things that when I saw them, like, wow, this is a cool variety of things. And also each of these trailers is doing something a little bit different. Um, that's how I picked them. So I'll just go down the line. So the first trailer I have is the cinematic announced trailer for Kerbal Space Program 2. Uh, I did a review of this on my website. It's, it's cinematic, so it's not actual gameplay, but it's actually a remake of a fan trailer from six years before, like 2013, which uses um, this M83Q. I forget what it's called, but uh, once you hear it, you'll remember it and be like, oh, I heard this song everywhere, uh, probably since it came out. It's a rug pull trailer which starts off as like, oh my god, space is amazing. And then there's like a comedic turn at a certain point when the Kerbals slip out of their moon lander and then things start going awry. And it really sums up the whole game really well because it's a mix of like the awe of space travel, but also in order to get there, you just mess up a whole bunch in the game and probably a lot of Kerbals die and there are a lot of explosions and disasters. But seeing it all happen in this super high production value CG is just hilarious and amazing. The editing is really good. And of course, the music's amazing. Um, the next one is for Astroneer, which is another game trailer that I've wrote a review for and I did a YouTube video about. This one I really like because it's like a really sweet short story that both tells a story and through the cinematics illustrates the gameplay of the, the game. Um, and I think at, towards the end there are some actual like in-game stuff which isn't like custom animated, but uh, the music in this is also super amazing. It's both uplifting and sad and just all, all the feelings. Um, and there's no, there's no text or any dialogue at all. So uh, I'm always a fan of trailers that can do that. And the direct opposite of that one, I would say, is the launch trailer for Wilmot's Warehouse. It's a 2D game where you're this little square that's just organizing things in a warehouse. And the trailer is... I don't know who they got to narrate it, but this is this woman who is just narrating as she's playing. She's playing the game, explaining what it is. Like I've been organizing similar objects into groups to make it easier to find what I need. Some of these categories I'm not entirely sure of. For example, ghosts are currently in the outer space section. <laughs> um, just drop this off on the way and then drop the needle off on the way back down. 
let's set this robo friend to work. This is an awkward shape. I have made a problem for myself. Oh no, no, that's fine. Yeah. Some observatories and some microscopes, so people looking at things very close and things very far away, I guess. And it's really super charming uh, trailer that usually with a sort of kind of let's play style thing, it doesn't usually work for me that well, but for this one, it's just super charming. So I really love that trailer. It's just really well done. And I don't know what you would need to do to reproduce this sort of trailer for another game um, because it's, it feels like just this performer and combined with this game uh, it just made a really charming trailer. Um, next one is Last of Us Remastered. They did this trailer that's called like From the Beginning which is just this one shot trailer. You see a close-up of Ellie's face from the first game and then the camera just slowly sort of dollies around her, and then you hear the dialogue and sound effects cut together from the, the game. All right. Let's do it. Watch out! What are you so afraid of? Run! I can't get infected! And you see, like, gun muzzle flashes on her face, and she's just completely static. But then you see the flashes of guns, and the, like, blood splatters appear in her face, and her face and her clothing start slowly morphing to Ellie from The Last of Us Part Two until, like, the very end. She's got this, like, big scowl. She's just covered in blood. And it's just really, really effective and well done. Sort of thing that, like, if it was a film trailer, it would just be this amazing CG, you know, special effect thing, but in games... Um, not to say that's easy to do, but it's something that would probably much easier to do in games than like live action. Um, and then my last one here I picked was the My Friend Pedro trailer, uh, the Full Throttle trailer. So this was done by my friend Kurt. And this one's just like a really good, uh, straightforward, badass gameplay trailer, really good music. And the capture is really amazing. And it's just so much fun to watch because it's just this ridiculous uh, sort of John Woo style uh, 2.5D game uh, where just one person just decimating an entire army of people. It's just really good and fun to watch. That's those are the five that I picked for this. Cool, sounds good. I'll have to check those out because, as I said, I don't get to check out a lot of game trailers. So it's good that you've curated a uh, a list of the best, and I should check out your um your long cinematic trailer list as well. Um, do I have a favorite game trailer? I actually just watched the untitled um Goose Game trailer. Is that the the PlayStation <laughs> Xbox really. one? Yeah, I think because you pointed out that it's got a cool kind of slow intro up to the chaos or it's just stuff that the goose is chucking into the river. Yeah, that one was like, it felt like they paid attention to just what some people did playing the game, which was just hoard every single thing in the game to one spot and just chuck it into the lake. And they just like trailerized that version and made it into like the bookends of the trailer. And it's the uh, breakthrough cultural phenomenon of the year. Yeah, like for real. <laughs> but yeah, and um, so I'll I'll talk about um, movie trailers 
that I really liked this year. And I'm going to kind of quick fire it because there's so many pieces that I kind of liked. You know, we talked about the Knives Out trailer with I'm going to live until I die. Uh, and someone, we actually kind of put out a request for people to say their trailers of the year and someone wanted us to mention that again. And that is definitely a kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's gone on to make a ton of money. I think there was a real appetite for that movie and um, that trailer did a really good job especially, you know, considering how potentially spoilery it is because it's a murder mystery, so that was a really good kind of spoilery trailer. Uh, I love the trailer for Waves that we talked about, the trailer for Joker, the It teaser, the, all of these we covered, the Bombshell teaser, obviously the Cats trailer I'm going to put in there because it, it was very zeitgeisty. The trailers for Hobbs and Shaw that were done, you know, like ridiculously kind of rhythmic. This was the year, I think, of um, too much trailer because <laughs> uh, I think there was a second Hobbs and Shaw trailer that was three minutes, Six Underground that we mentioned was three minutes, the second trailer for Sonic. All of these are great trailers, but it's like a lot <laughs> of stuff. Um, and that's why things like Bombshell, I think, felt quite refreshing because they were very kind of, oh, it was an actual like legitimate teaser uh, kind of thing. Um, I really love the trailer for Mulan, uh, both trailers. Um, the Lighthouse trailers, Love, Death and Robots had a really fantastic kind of cool, intense trailer uh, for a Netflix season earlier in the year. I love the Wonder Woman trailer that just came out. Uh, John Wick Parabellum, which we talked about. And um, a trailer that came out um, recently, The uh, someone wanted us to talk about the um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. And there was a teaser that came out where it just showed the Ecto-1 in a... Uh, a barn and that was kind of good and teasery uh, and then this trailer came out and it's still kind of teasery um, and it feels quite feels quite subdued feels kind of cool and slow and you know kind of the opposite to the previous Ghostbusters reboot um, which kind of looks quite intense and wacky in contrast to, to this time what did you think about um, the Ghostbusters? Yeah, this one feels like, I don't know if this is a, a actual term, but it feels like like a slow rug pull. It's like they're slowly revealing the things. Um, if you weren't watching on YouTube um, and saw the title right below the video, it would take a while for you to realize, oh, wait, this is Ghostbusters trailer because it's just like, you know, this small town until they reveal that there's this Ghostbusters trap and then they start getting sort of peeling the layers back a little bit more. I found this in my living room. Kill a replica. A replica of what? A ghost trap? There hasn't been a ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s? It's like The Walking Dead. Your dad never mentioned this to you? It's just my mom. People on YouTube said uh, Slimer things. Because um, it's basically it's basically Stranger Things and it has Finn Wolfhard in it as well. And it seems very kind of Stranger Thingsy. I didn't see that, but that's that is very appropriate. Um, and it has like this this uh, does it have like a, a serif font to it, so a little little bit there too. But I think that's just from the Ghostbusters logo. Actually, looked like the uh, looked like the it two font as well. Speaking of films with, it did. I was thinking that it looked a little bit horror like, and I was trying to remember what this was. Yeah, it's definitely it two um, font looking. But it feels kind of slow and classy to me and a really kind of good move and casting Paul Rudd is excellent but I um, I really love it the fact that you know actually that the Melissa McCarthy Ghostbusters leaned quite heavily on the theme um, and this actually doesn't so much it has the iconography and the easter eggs are in there but um, it feels kind of like a slower build and more restraint. 
Yeah, it's interesting because this one is more like it's treating the original Ghostbusters as this legendary story, whereas the other Ghostbusters movie, as far as I remember, do they even acknowledge the first movie in that one? That was kind of problematic, actually, I think, for that, because in theory, it was a different universe. But then I think the copy on the trailer said something like 30 years ago. So it kind of placed them in that world. So it was um, it was actually kind of interesting choice that maybe the movie wasn't rooting it in the world, but the trailer did. And a lot of people were kind of thrown by it. There's a bigger picture at hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form. Whereas this film doesn't, I think, from what I can see, have that issue because it's very much like, okay, this is the sequel 30 years later to Ghostbusters. It's not trying to reboot it and do something different. Right. I think it was probably like the other Ghostbusters movie because it was the the first new one. Um, the trailer felt the need to pay due diligence to the original, even if the story didn't necessarily. Like, the story is just like, okay, new Ghostbusters movie. And then this one is sort of doing the opposite, where the trailer is less making callbacks because the material is already doing that for it, basically. On reflection, I love the theme rescore that they did on that trailer, and I think the trailers were super fun um, for the previous Ghostbusters movie. I actually cut a trailer for it where I basically recreated the trailer for the original Ghostbusters, but in a kind of modern style, um, which uh, as a kind of retro trailer um, that worked really well, but didn't go anywhere. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. And this one looks um, super fun too. So looking forward to it. And it's a good kind of cut to the year, you know, with Black Widow, Wonder Woman, a couple of great trailers have come out in the last couple of weeks. But for me, the most interesting thing this year, and I kept coming back to it as I was going through things, that the things that really stood out for me are the subversive, non-trailery, virally things. Um, this was definitely the year of Ryan Reynolds. Every single thing Ryan Reynolds is in has this sheen of meta advertising, you know, from his gin adverts, which aren't movie adverts, but sometimes they are because it's Ryan Reynolds and he can seemingly do what he like, you know. The citrus fruits are misted using only the tears of aviation's owner, me, Ryan Reynolds. All of our botanicals are humanely caught, cage-free and grain-fed. The reason some people don't drink gin is that strong juniper taste. So, after apologizing to each berry individually, we beat the living hell out of them. We talked about the Detective Pikachu fake feature leak. Yeah, the, the exercise video. Six Underground, which is in theory quite a straight movie, has all these kind of cross-promotion. He's doing a Samsung TV ad, but it's also an ad for Six Underground. My new movie, Six Underground, is so huge, you're going to want to watch it on a bigger, better Samsung QLED TV. Oh. Aviation gin. How'd that get there? The world's fastest growing <laughs> gin. Mm. Don't you want your mouth to like you? Cut! A trailer where it had a Visit Italy kind of device. Italy, a place of preserved history and unparalleled tranquility. Nice call, 
And then obviously Free Guy, the first couple of pieces that came out were these featuretti kind of Ryan Reynolds being interviewed before you'd even seen a trailer for it to get the the name out of there. So Ryan Reynolds is a brand to himself, and that's that's been a thing this year. Even you know things like Midsummer, which is in theory quite a straight horror movie. When you're online, you can do fun things. There was a, the viral video Bear in a Cage, which came out this year. It's a bear. 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 It's a bear in a cage. There was an advert for couples therapy sponsored by Midsummer. It's probably the worst breakup ever. I don't think people are going to trust me in any relationship anymore. You know, Jurassic World Battle of Big Rock, we talked about. It's a kind of a short film, but it's kind of the teaser for the thing. So it's on a less kind of meta level than these other viral things. But that was a big deal this year. And then the last thing I wanted to mention were the 1917 and the Cats featurettes, which accompanied the trailers and did interesting kind of cross-promotional work in getting aspects out there that you wouldn't put in the trailer but kind of contribute to the world of introducing people to this film. So yeah, an exciting year for film. Did you have um, a favourite piece that you worked on this year? I was looking at the trailers that I worked on this year and I came down to two of them and my choice might surprise people because uh, the last thing I did this year was Half-Life Alex. But I think actually the favorite thing that I cut this year, which technically I cut last year, but the trailer didn't come out until this year, uh, was for Katana Zero. That was just a really, really fun game to cut a trailer for just because of like the music and just the, the snappy gameplay just made it so much fun to put at, that in sync. Like when I'm just looking at the things that I made, like that one just had so many satisfying moments that I could create or just land upon. And it might just be that music. I don't know. It's, it's the music. It's the sound effects of the game. And just all those things came together and it was just total delight to work on which to be clear working in half-life alex was amazing and i can't wait to talk about it more um but like i think that katana zero one is one that i've rewatched and re-listened to just for all the the reasons that i just mentioned that's great it's always good when you do something that you you're kind of proud of and it finishes and you enjoy the process and you're really happy with what finishes that's a really great thing well what about you what about what did you do this year that you're looking back on and uh, is doing it for you. Yeah, it was a fun year. Um, I did a TV spot for Ready or Not, which was a super fun movie that I really liked. Um, I did a lot of digital stuff for the film Greta earlier in the year, which was this fun kind of thriller. And I did a lot of fun things this year that didn't finish, but that is the <laughs> life of uh, that is the life of a trailer editor. And I think I've got some fun things that, in theory, hopefully um, finishing early next year. But definitely those pieces, because they were really kind of fun, exciting, um, horror-y, thriller-y kind of things to work on. Also, to be clear, I don't think we've talked about this much, but when Rick's saying finished, what we mean is it never saw the light of day because that's what the movie trailer industry is like. So, I mean, you have stuff that I don't know how long you must have worked on some of them that just didn't get used. Oh, yeah, years, sometimes years. And or you know, like hundreds of versions on a trailer, um, five different 
trailers, uh, different music cues, different angles, different directions, different copy, different all kinds of avenues are explored. Um, you know, I'd say ninety percent of work that gets done that never sees the light of day. But it's all part of the process, and these are things that it's important to get the trailer right for. Yeah, and that's completely normal for the movie trailer industry. Yeah, it's it's definitely something you have to learn. I don't know how much we've talked about it in the past, but it's a vital skill of being a trailer editor. You know, you don't just have to have creativity. You have to have creativity in the face of people constantly asking you to change what you've done. And I was talking to someone recently about when I first started, because you have to believe in everything you do, the minute someone said, oh, can you do this? I would go, no, but it's, it's perfectly constructed and you can't do that and and oh no it's going to destroy the whole thing and I'd really not sulk about it but I'd do it because ultimately that's the job and you have to do it and I think I've refined that over 15 years to the point where my brain goes oh no I can't do that and then and, and immediately I, I say okay yep yeah, okay great I'll, I'll try that and you can't think you have the best opinion in the room but equally you have to believe in what you're doing because you make thousands of decisions every minute when you're editing something um, and they're obviously justified to yourself and you probably have a reason why you do that. I took the easy way out, which was go to the game trailer industry, which is not nearly as competitive. And also I work independently now, so uh, it's literally just me uh, working on the projects that I'm working on, that is. Yeah, that's uh, that's um, that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I would say actually one thing with the Half-Life Alex trailer was because there's so many other people that I was working with, that was the first time in a long time that I've had so much creative input on something. So it did take some adjusting to do that. And I don't know, I'm, I've, I've just been so spoiled because once I think there's like maybe one project I can think of where I finished something, but it didn't get used. And then everything else, once it came to me, then uh, it was going to get done and shipped. <laughs> It's interesting you say that uh, working kind of independently, you you have more freedom. And I think part of the issue, I'm kind of destined for this life because I realized again, kind of compiling these lists, I have a real popcorn sensibility and I have a desire to work on the biggest kind of things where it is competitive and they are big things that really, you know, again, like I said earlier, people really need to get it right. Um, And I I was really thinking that as I went through my list of uh, traders that I really appreciated this decade, that the things that really stuck with me are these kind of big popcorn-y blockbuster type trailers because I was thinking you know basically I I liked pretty much every Marvel trailer (laughs) that came out this year and this really is the decade of Marvel Um, you know especially things like Thor Ragnarok because I love Taika Waititi but um, they've all been great and they've all matched the tone of the individual movies and it's kind of testament to the world that they've created and the success that they've had but um, definitely that looms large in in my kind of best of the decade Um, what are some trailers that you've really liked in this decade of film? Yeah, so I went back and I made a list of 10 trailers, which I don't think any of these are going to be anything that people haven't heard of. Um, I'll just rattle it down in no particular order. Um, a Star is Born, which we already talked about a lot. Uh, I just really like that trailer. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, just great Hollywood action uh, trailer with Henry Cavill reloading his fists. 
absolutely ridiculous, but in the way that I love. Um, I really liked the final trailer for The Force Awakens. Just what they did with the music uh, was just really got my heart soaring as I was watching it. Got me super pumped. Definitely. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hereditary, which we also talked about a bunch. That one just like, just like the movie, just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks and it was just absolutely relentless. But it's just so masterfully done because it doesn't really spoil the movie at all, which is a feat considering what they show in it. Mom? I don't like this. Dad, I don't like this. What's happening? Pina! Don't you ever raise your voice to me! I am your mother! Raise your hand! Mom, what's happening? Make it stop! Make it stop! Logan, which, you know, very popular trailer, just that perfect music cue for that. The Hurt trailer, yeah? Yeah, that great tone and just the the shots, like, very restrained trailer, I would say. Like, you know, it's not fast cut, it really fits the the music there. Um, Super well done. I hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real um, Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know exactly which trailer it is, but it's the one that uses the actual music from the movie, which in retrospect is kind of a miracle because that so seldom happens nowadays. I think that would that have been symbiotic that maybe they took the movie f- the music from the trailer and put it in the movie maybe uh, i have no idea I w- i'd be interested to look that up yeah i think there's a piece that begins with him kind of in the desert and there's all these kind of echoey voices and then he stamps on a lizard or something like that yeah 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 and then he, then he eats it oh what a day what a lovely day <laughs> And then there is a trailer where he's kind of running away at the top and it's all kind of flashy, flashy, and then he he runs away and leaps onto a big wrecking ball. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Want to get through this? Let's go! Those trailer, every single piece of marketing for that campaign was incredible and cutting edge and beautiful and rhythmic. And it was, I'm sure it was a joy to cut and it all sprang from the movie, but people were really at the top of their game cutting on that. Yeah. Um, another one was the trailer for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, great. The, um, I think we're alone now that gets sort of slow, dark and messed up. And so we're running as fast as we can. I 
think barely a line of dialogue. I think only just a little bit at the end, but nothing that is really very telling of what's going on. But just it's a good rug pull and it shows a bunch of like action and everything, but you don't really know what's going on. But it was just really, really well done. Uh, One of my favorites. And ultimately, I guess when you get to that title, everything kind of makes sense because you're like, oh, this is a Cloverfield movie. Right. So, you know, this is the world that we're in. Yeah. That's one of those good trailers where something at the very end recontextualizes everything else. And then you probably want to go back again and rewatch it and be like, oh, okay, cool. And then just re-examine it. Um, And then the one that is on probably every single best of the decade list, uh, Social Network. It was funny when I was rewatching it, um, before, or rather before I rewatched it, I was thinking, well, you know, yes, it had the music and everything, and it had those scenes from the movie, but then I was going back to rewatch it, and I just had totally forgotten all the parts of the trailer which were not scenes from the movie, just like those close-ups on Facebook and the, the, the photos and everything. And then I was like, okay, actually, no, this, this is a really fantastic trailer. Yeah, the uh, the family and friends of people who work at Mark Willen, I think, <laughs> feature heavily at the top of that trailer. You know what? I'm not really, um, I'm not really a fan of that trailer. I think it's... Um, oh, really? Yeah, I think, no, I'm joking. It's, uh, <laughs> it's great. I think actually because that came out in 2010, and I think between that and Inception, you know, arguably it kind of shaped the decade and, and it's people are still talking about it 10 years later. So, you know, if you're looking for kind of iconic trailers of the decade, then then that is one. Yeah. And coincidentally, my next one was an Inception because, I mean, how can it not be? Yeah. It's just so much fun to watch. Dreams feel real while we're in them. It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. It created this whole trend of everything, but just watching the original still gets me going. It's so much fun. It's a really good trailer. Yeah, so that was my list. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like I say, I mean, there have been thousands of movies and thousands of trailers. Um, Stuff that stuck out for me, Wolf of Wall Street, super fun, kind of Marty Scorsese running on all cylinders and funny and rhythmic and and great. We're making a name for ourselves. That was on my list too before I took it out, but <laughs> it was it was high up there. Yeah, um, Skull Island, uh, the trailer with uh, "We Got to Get Out of This Place," just so great and fun. And I actually heard a story that that was cut after they saw the trailer for The Handmaiden, which was on a lot of people's um, best of uh, lists for the year, which is a really cool music video-y kind of cut that we've talked about previously.
that's a trader that people are still talking about four or five years later. Um, the Walter Mitty trader was this decade. That was on a list of kind of best traders of the decade. And I remember that being so great and that Monsters and Men queue um, being so kind of unusual and aspirational and just a really kind of elegant... Minimal dialogue, I think. And speaking of music video e trailers, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo remake uh, with Immigrant Song on it. Um, Thor Ragnarok also with Immigrant Song on it this year. <laughs> it's main event time. Um, Suicide Squad, you know, we've got to talk about um, what that did in terms of music and shifting from social network creepy covers to actually, you know, just using the original and trailerizing them. You're going somewhere very bad. You do something that'll get you killed. It's going to save the world. And also just being the poster child for a good trailer, bad movie. Yeah, well, speaking of which, also Man of Steel <laughs> um, had uh, incredible trailers and yeah. uh, some people didn't really like the film. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Yeah, and so a great decade for movies. And, um, and we end it with a phase of Marvel movies over and, and moving on and, you know, Netflix wasn't a thing massively 10 years ago or it was it was posting out DVDs to people so uh <laughs> so um there's a lot more kind of content out there that needs traders and a lot of great traders for them. It is pretty crazy to think how the beginning of the decade were these two trailers that just created massive trends for the entire decade. Like I I wonder what's going to happen next next decade. Call Mark Wollen probably. <laughs> Yeah, what trailer do they have coming out next year? Well, Chris Nolan's got a movie out next year, so we'll see what the Tenet trailer does. Right. <laughs> and then maybe that can define the next 10 years. And then what's David Fincher working on? Right. Basically, Ryan Reynolds is going to be in every movie and doing meta <laughs> advertising for every uh, every trailer from now on. Yes. He's going to start his own ad agency and just be the person for meta trailers. Okay, so um, that is our rundown of the year. If we missed any, then um, feel free to uh, shout out to us on the forums or on Twitter. And thank you for listening this year. It's been um, it's been really fun. That's a big kind of thing that we've done this year, and um, we really appreciate you all listening, and uh, it's fun to talk about trailers. Yeah, everyone, really, thanks so much for listening. It took us a while to get it going, but I'm really happy that we're 18 episodes in right now and getting a lot of positive feedback. And just one note, we're going to actually resume the show next year on January 10th, not the 3rd. We're just going to take a little break before we get back to things. If you have your emails, you can contact us at cutdown at idlethumbs.net. 
And as mentioned, we're on Twitter at CutDownCast, and I'm at Derek underscore Lou. And I'm at Rick Thomas. We're part of the Idle Thumbs Network. And join us on the Idle Thumbs forums if you want to share your favorite trailers from either this year, game or movie, uh, or the, the decade, and why you liked them. And also, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends. It's the only way we can grow the show and get this Thing out there. And as always, want to give you thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. And uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, happy Hanukkah Mav. <laughs> and we'll see you next year with more of the cutdown talking about trailers. Hello, Ryan Reynolds here, and I'd like to talk to you about a cause that is near and dear to my heart movie explosions. We all love them, but what happens to them after the lights dim? The applause fades. Where, where do they even go? One thing we know is that no man has exploited the movie explosion more for his own fame than this guy, Michael Bay. Now that is a plunging neckline. One more button down and he could urinate. Michael has personally expended over 3,000 tons of movie-grade TNT without any regard to our sense of hearing or story. And with the coming streaming war, it's only expected to get worse. Exploited explosions. They deserve our love after the movie just as much as they do during. <laughs>